Welcome to the Plymouth Meeting Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We hope the following message touches your hearts and minds. This morning we're going to read Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1 to 8. A time for everything, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to love. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. Today is the third sermon in our Sabbath series in this Lenten time, and uh, today's message is called The Power of No. The Power of No. I guess the long title would be The Power of Yes and No. We need to know how to say both of them. But as we get started here, um, I want you to imagine a world where every single day of the week is exactly the same for you. Every single day, exactly the same. That wouldn't feel right. Everything would just run together. Things would be blurry, like one long run-on sentence. Now, our days might look similar right now, like they're kind of filled with the same monotonous tasks. That that might be you. But there's still a difference in our days. There's there's a different texture. In our family, uh, Sunday night is like sacred time. It's like protected family time for my wife and I. Sunday night, though, is different than Tuesday night. Because Tuesday night is trash night. Garbage night. We got to get the garbage out to the curb. So we do live each day differently. All of us have different rhythms, uh, and, and those rhythms typically change depending on what day of the week it is. The universe is filled with rhythms. We have seasons. This is a, a leap year, right? We just had a leap day. We were reminded that the earth travels around the sun at a rhythm of almost 365 days a year. And I am confident that paying attention to rhythms is very important, especially as, as being followers of Jesus Christ, as being disciples. Being sensitive to rhythm is important. Now, what's rhythm? Well, in music, rhythm is a pattern of beats. We need to know when we are on the beat and when we're off the beat. Likewise, as disciples, we need to know when it's time to work, when it's time to rest, when it's time to abide. When it's time to say yes, no, stop, go, grow, learn, prune back, and reflect, we need to know when, we, when these rhythms are. And so the more we follow Jesus, the more we'll see this, this rhythm. We'll, we'll see that there is a movement, a pattern, a flow, a, a sequence that comes from a life of following Jesus as a disciple. Embracing rhythm involves a lot of yeses and a lot of noes. For instance, gathering on a Sunday morning, 
you have said yes to this, which means you, you have said no to a bunch of other things that you could be doing right now. Maybe your, your pillow is still like, it's still warm. It's, it's, it's calling your name, right? Or like you have groceries to do. It's a nice day, right? Maybe you're starting to get the itch, but you're, you, you've said no. You're honoring a rhythm of gathering together in a community for, uh, for worship, prayer, teaching, fellowship, all that good stuff. You're here for a reason, but of course, your discipleship life isn't just on a Sunday morning. 90 minutes on a Sunday morning, that, that's, just, that's just a brief moment of our discipleship week. All throughout the week, we say yes and no to things. And some of these things are easy and automatic because we've developed habit, spiritual habits. We, we know how to say yes and, and it, or no to things, and it's rather easy. Other times, though... Some things in life, it's, it's more challenging. It's really hard to say no to stuff. So the question is, how do we discern when it's time to say yes and when it's time to say no? Now, as disciples of Jesus, another word for disciple is student. How does a student know when it's time to learn they listen to the teacher? And so just to put it as simply as that, we listen to the voice of Jesus. We listen to the word of God. We, li- we listen to the words of God. Jesus in the Bible, we, we're, we're in tune. We're, we're seeking out, in the power of the Spirit, we're seeking out what is Jesus saying to us. And good Sabbath keepers are good listeners. Sabbath keepers are people who are in tune to rhythms. They know how to say yes and no appropriately so that they can honor Sabbath rest, even in some capacity. If all you can have is like six hours a week of Sabbath time, you make that precious, you protect it, and you honor it, even if it's only a couple hours a week. For Jesus, no and O, no, was in his vocabulary. No is a powerful word. No sets up a boundary. No lets us know (laughs) how to communicate our boundaries. This is where I end and somebody else begins. No sets up our limits. It, It communicates to others where our boundary line is. In terms of early childhood development, Henry Cloud and John Townsend, they say no is the first verbal boundary children learn. The word no helps children separate from what they they don't like. I don't want that nasty pee goo, you know, right? Or like, you know, your kids, they they learn how to say no. It gives them the power to make choices. It protects them. I think a reason why many of us struggle with Sabbath rhythm is because we don't know how to say no. No. And we let a lot of life blur together. And so in an effort to help our discipleship life this morning, in an effort to help us be Sabbath keepers, we're going to listen into a couple of Jesus stories today. Jesus said no. And as we look at these stories, my goal, Lord willing, is to give you some wisdom that will in turn show you that you have permission to say no And yes, but you you have permission. 
you can you can learn how to say no to things so that you can say yes to the things that really matter. And so, with all of that as introduction, let's turn to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1, our first Jesus story. Um, Mark, his gospel account is action-packed. I'm going to give you a, a running start here, starting with verse 9, verses 9 to 11. It's the baptism scene. Words of identity spoken over Jesus. You're my son. I love you. I'm, I'm well pleased with you. And then the Spirit leads Jesus out into the wilderness, led by the Spirit. And we have this wilderness testing scene. And then uh, verses 14 to 15 is a summary statement of Jesus' teaching. The kingdom of God is here. Repent and believe the good news. 16 to 20, Jesus starts to build his team. He calls four fishermen. And then 21 to 34, we're in the town, the village of Capernaum. Jesus is teaching. He's teaching with authority. He's doing exorcisms. He's doing healings. More exorcisms. <laughs> Lots of exorcisms in, in, in Capernaum. More healings. And then finally, we'll, we'll slow down in verse 35. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up left the house, this would have been Peter's house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon, that's Simon Peter, and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone's looking for you. Jesus replied, let's go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. More, more exorcisms. <laughs> but notice this rhythm. Jesus prioritized and said yes to prayer time, solitary time. And so perhaps what that means is maybe, maybe he needs to say no to sleeping in. But the, the, the point here, though, um, Peter and his friends, they finally find Jesus and they say, everyone's looking for you. And then right here is the, the pressure point in the text, because people have expectations and assumptions for Jesus. But what does Jesus say? He says, nah, let's keep moving. Let's go to more and more villages. I need to preach there, too. This is why I have come. The town is bursting with opportunities. It's a target-rich town. Many church planters and church organizers, they would, they would love this. It's bursting with opportunity. But Jesus said no. And this is a powerful, powerful point for us. Staying longer and longer in Capernaum would actually be a distraction to Jesus' mission, to what Jesus was supposed to be doing. Jesus knew who he was, which means he's supposed to go to other towns. He has a message. He has a ministry to do. Jesus knows who he is not. And that means he doesn't just belong to Capernaum. So we need to hear this. Our first lesson. There can be so many good things. So many good things right in front of us. So many good opportunities that we simply need to say no to. Because that is not part of what we're called to do. That is outside of our lane. Let me put it this way. Every, saying yes to every ministry opportunity 
even, even if it looks ridiculously good looking, that can actually scrub away from our purpose, our calling, our mission. Our strategy starts to get really fuzzy because we say yes to everything. And so as we look to Jesus, we see a man who knew who, who he was. We see a man who knew the power of no. He didn't belong to just Capernaum. He needs to, he needs to keep going. The next story, Matthew 19. Matthew 19, this is an interaction between Jesus and a wealthy young man. Just then, a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Now, I believe the the Hebrew understanding, the Jewish understanding of eternal life, it's not just about quantity, but it's also about quality. But how, how can I have the real life, the true life? How can I have eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good, Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. So I think Jesus is already fishing, sniffing something out here. Um, he wants to get the, the focus off of what's going on right here. Just let's focus on God. God's the good one, okay? Well, which ones, he inquired. Jesus replied, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, <laughs> honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. All of these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Now, I don't know if this is like a, like, I've kept all of these, but like something's missing. Like, like what, what am I missing? Like, what am I lacking? Or if it's like, I've kept all of these. What else do I lack? Right? Jesus answered, If you want to be perfect, go, sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Now there's some deep stuff to think about and learn from from the story. But for now... Does doing all the right things and checking all the boxes, is that the basis of righteousness with God? No, the the, the Bible sings at us, the righteous shall live by faith. Faith is grounded in relationship. Jesus wants all of you. He doesn't just want, he he doesn't want, he's not a half hugger, okay? He's not a side hugger. Jesus wants to hold all of you. If you want to give Jesus a side hug, but also hold on to your idols, that's Jesus isn't going to, to compromise there. Jesus doesn't compromise his call for radical surrender. And so Jesus, he knows the boundaries of his kingdom. He knows the boundaries of kingdom life, and he will not negotiate his kingdom for those who want to hang on to idols like wealth. As the text indicates, it doesn't seem like Jesus runs after this man. He gives the man freedom. For him to walk away. Now the good news is. Jesus has already spoken a yes. Over you. And Jesus takes. His invitation to you. Very seriously. And the gospel invitation. Friends. It will encounter you. It will encounter. The character of your heart. Just as it encountered. This young man's character. This wealthy lad. It tested him. And he wasn't ready to say yes.
fully to Jesus. And so without getting into all the weeds of the story, it's a great story, deserves its own sermon. But I think the general piece of wisdom here is that discerning to say yes and no appropriately, the character of your heart plays a big role in that. How's your heart doing? Luke 9, Luke chapter 9, Jesus and his disciples, they're traveling from one village to another. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go bury dad. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Again, another passage that certainly deserves its own sermon or two. But we see here that there are others who are interested in following Jesus. But first, they need to make funeral arrangements. They they need to settle accounts and straighten things out at home. But the main point here is this. Discipleship is not to be an afterthought. It's not an itemized thing on your agenda. Discipleship is a lifestyle rhythm. And so as we wrestle with our own procrastination and and, and second-guessing and backward-looking look, glances. For now, I just want you to see that, that Jesus was okay with disappointing people. In this case, they were people who wanted to dance with Jesus, but they weren't willing to sync up with his beat. For us, we desire Sabbath. I know we do. We desire rest and peace and shalom. We're all human here. If, If your heart is like mine, you desire deep, deep rest. There are those of us who want a Sabbath, but we're not prioritizing it. We're treating it like an agenda item. We'll Sabbath after we settle accounts. Have you been there before? I'll rest when the work is done. That, throw that thought out. That's not what Sabbath practice is. Let's go to Luke chapter, excuse me, Mark chapter 9. Let's go back to Mark. Excuse me, Mark 8. Some Pharisees, they want to have a chat with Jesus. Okay? And the Pharisees, they come and they begin to question Jesus to test him. And they ask him for a sign from heaven. And Jesus, he sighs deeply. Why does this generation ask for a sign? Truly, I tell you, no sign will be given to you. Then he left them, got in the boat, and crossed to the other side of the lake. Talk about saying no. (laughs) He crosses the other side of the lake. He's not going to play their game. He doesn't need to prove himself. And you know, later on, on the cross, 
Jesus, he was taking insult after insult, and he was being mocked. Jesus could have gotten down. He could have saved himself. He could have given in. He could have given the people some theater, some spectacle, some good optics. But Jesus said no. By He said no to saving himself so that he could say yes to saving you and I. Jesus said yes. Creation is worth redemption. When they were yelling out, hey, this, he can't save himself. I mean, they were right. Jesus he can't save himself and us. He chose us. And there's other examples of, of Jesus just saying no to crowds. Saying no to the spotlight. In Acts chapter 16, we see the spirit of Jesus saying no to, to Paul and his companions. Okay, so these are missionaries. Uh, just real quick. They, they want to go out and spread the gospel and plant churches and all of that. They want to head to Asia. It's filled with opportunities. But then the Holy Spirit blocks the route. And so then they try to go north. And the spirit of Jesus wouldn't let them. And so they have to pivot again. And just keeping it simple. As we follow the spirit of Jesus... Sometimes there's just straight up no's and there's roadblocks, detours, things like that. And so sometimes what looks like a really good opportunity or a perceived really good idea that's in front of us. We need to listen to the spirit. We need to listen to Jesus, listen to the teacher. Sometimes the answer is just no. So we need to slow down. We need to listen. We need to pray. And so I hope uh, that you can start to see that, that Jesus had to say no. Jesus had to let some people down. He, he had to disappoint some people. Jesus gave up opportunities because he had to focus on mission. He said no to compromising when it comes to salvation. He said no to those who aren't ready to truly follow him. Hey, the invite is here. The invite is radical. Grace is available but I want you to say yes to it fully. And he said, no, hey, I'm not going to prove myself. I'm not going to play the world's game. And so what's behind all of Jesus's no? It's his purpose. Purpose. There's power in purpose. And so how does all of this apply to Sabbath keeping? If we want to live a purpose-driven life, then that means we need to learn how to say no. Life is full of opportunities. Life is full of work and play and chores and to-do lists. There's habits of discipline, journaling and, and prayer walks and you know coming to church. There's all this good stuff. Life is full of people and neighbors. Life is filled with expectations and responsibilities. Life is filled with so many rhythms and we need to learn how to discern how, to, how we say yes and no to these opportunities, events, people. And sorting out how to say yes and no to everything in life, that can be so exhausting. And so this is where we need to stay fresh and nimble. This is where Sabbath keeping definitely comes into play. In order to get really good at saying yes and no to things, we need to learn how to say yes and no to the Sabbath. 
to Sabbath keeping. Sabbath is when you say yes to slowing down. And you're going to give yourself permission to just stop and be with Jesus. It's a time to listen to Jesus. Sabbath is a time of refreshment. It's a rhythm of refreshment. Refreshment with your relationship in God. Sabbath is a time for forgiveness. Receive forgiveness and know how far east is from the west. Sabbath is a time to reflect on who God is and who we are. Sabbath is a time to be renewed and get a fresh vision of what we're supposed to be doing. As one pastor says, as a rhythm of rest, Sabbath keeps our hearts soft. And I would think it's, it's soft hearts that have the better ability to be connected with God's heart. Attunement. When we allow ourselves to be rewired to God's heart, we learn and we relearn over and over again that we don't need to earn salvation. We don't need to earn right standing with Jesus because it's all because of Jesus. You know, our mission and our purpose, it flows out of who we are. And Sabbath is that time to just sit and just be. When we know who we are and what we're supposed to be doing, and then we let, we let mission, discipleship, evangelism just flow out of who we are. Just like what one of us says, we make things so complicated. We, 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 get, we get ahead of ourselves. We get full of ourselves. Sabbath draws us back. We're God's kids. We're men and women of God. Let's live and love Simply. Sabbath reminds us that we get to work. We get to live on mission. Sabbath matures us. We get to say yes and no to things based on who we are and who we are not. That's not being selfish. It's being focused. Sabbath resets the ego. It reminds us that we are not the center of the world. When we Sabbath, we come into alignment and agreement that Jesus is both Lord of the harvest and Lord of Sabbath. And we are not. You know, over the last number of days, I was thinking a potential consequence of not honoring this wisdom of Sabbath, of not honoring it at all, we develop some sort of savior complex. Sabbath liberates us from that. We are free from that. We are not made to be the center of the universe. And so when we Sabbath, we recognize that the world is going to keep on spinning. Things will not fall apart if we take a time out. And so Sabbath says it's okay to say no. One pastor and theologian he, he says this, being a Sabbath keeper is basically the art of letting people down at a rate they can handle. There are times we cannot meet the needs of others. There are times we trust God to help others through others. Not every need represents God's will for our lives. How free. Now, if there's an emergency, you know, this, this isn't law. This is a, a navigating, navigating wisdom here. We, we, we can't say yes to everything. 
And so there is an art to saying yes and no. And again, hear me in this. May it flow out of who you are. May it flow out of the character of your heart. So I just want to give some caution here. When we say yes and no to things, we need to check to see if it's our pride behind that yes and no. If we keep saying yes, 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 or no, 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 it could be pride. It could be something unhealthy in there guiding that decision. Likewise, if we have self-esteem issues, self-rejection issues, we put ourselves down all the time, well, we need to also check that to see this is why you're saying yes and no. I know some of you, you're people pleasers. You want to look good. You, you, want to, you want to show up and shine. And so you let that be the motivation of why you're, you're doing everything. We need to slow down and check that. And the beauty is, this is the gospel. This is the good news. When we Sabbath, our pride gets scrubbed away. Our self-rejection gets scrubbed away. And we can just be his. We can just be held. We can just be. And then out of that rest, go do and go make something of the world. And so life is full of of rhythms. You can't play all the rhythms at once. That would be chaos. Right, Allie? If we did every single rhythm that ever existed, that would just sound like noise. Healthy rhythms lead to flourishing. And so in your life, in your marriage, your family, the life of the church, the life of your neighborhood and the community at large, we want to see people thrive. We do. And so in conclusion, just a few questions here as we wrap up. Has Jesus spoken a yes over something in your life? But because you say yes indiscriminately to everything, to so many other things, you actually have lost your purpose. You've lost your sense of joy and focus. Because you say yes to everything, then your purpose, your strategy, what God has said yes to, it becomes fuzzy and weak. Or maybe you're not even there yet. Maybe you're like, I'm still waiting for God to say yes over something. I'm, I'm still trying to find out what, what's next in my career or in my age bracket. Like, what's, what's going on? Do I stay, go, sell, buy? What, like, I'm still waiting for, for Jesus to say yes over something. And so maybe we're not even there yet. We're just all over the map of who we are, what we're supposed to be doing. The invitation is the same wherever you're coming from, folks. The invitation is the same. Let me invite you to practice the rhythm of rest with Jesus. Be a Sabbath keeper. We're not under law. It doesn't need to be a strict 24-hour day. Maybe it's a Friday evening into a Saturday morning, but you honor it. And you only do things that are life-giving. And you get extra bacon in the morning. You, you, you splurge on the good coffee and you enjoy and you celebrate. If you want to exercise only if it's life-giving. If you need to pull some weeds in the garden only if it's life-giving. I encourage you to, to rev the engine down. Okay? 
We can't be running at 110 miles per hour and then just stop, okay? Like, that's, you're going to break something inside of you. We need to honor the rhythm, rev down, okay? The Hebrews had a day of preparation, okay? Friday was the day of preparation. They gave themselves a whole day to rev down so that they could Sabbath well. Rev the engine down gently, put it in park, turn off the engine. Practice Sabbath with Jesus and in Jesus. And so is there something preventing you from resting with Jesus? What's preventing you from prayer and worship time? Play and pray time. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? Practice the rhythm of rest. Life is moving fast. Right? Amen? Life is moving fast. When I was a kid... I heard this from every adult, how fast life goes. And that's, it's, it's so true. People, we still talk about it. Now I'm talking about it. Life is so fast. Let your body, mind, soul, emotions catch up with Jesus. I just, I'm reminded of a quick illustration. Those on the Oregon Trail... Some just kept going nonstop. Some parties practiced Sabbath on the trail. Guess who made it to Oregon first? It was those who practiced Sabbath. Okay? Life is moving fast, but there is something amazing about slowing down. Let your body, mind, soul, and emotions catch up to Jesus. What does he want you to say yes to? What does he want you to say no to? Those are the questions we'll end with for today. Let's pray.